Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, the Director of Career Services here at Northwest. And today's guest... I am Casey Winstrand, the Career Services Specialist here at Northwest. Welcome. And we're very excited to have Casey here. Way more than you could see on this podcast. <laughs> like so much excitement. All right. Well, welcome, Casey. Welcome not only to Northwest, back to Northwest, uh, but also to the podcast and also to Career Services. Can you tell us when you started here at Career Services and how the first couple of weeks have gone for you? Yeah, so I started October 1 here at Northwest at the office. That's a Friday, so it was a very interesting day to start a position, but hey, it was it was worth it. Came back on Monday, so they didn't scare me off. So first win. <laughs> yeah, Found my way, got moved over the weekend, but no, really the last couple of weeks have been just a lot of learning. It's a lot different pace than what my other position was and a lot different role. Um, so just learning kind of how the office flows, how to manage the office, get the career ambassadors with tours and with the resume reviews. So I'm excited. I'm really enjoying it. But overall, the last few weeks have been great. Can you walk us through how you found, applied for, interviewed, and accepted the role of career services specialist from Casey's perspective? So Casey's perspective was wanting to change his career path and where to go. And ultimately, Missouri and Kansas are the two states that I would like to move to. Why Missouri and Kansas? Who knows? It's just where I want to be, evidently. So my older sister, being an, an actual Bearcat alum, sent it to me and said, well, here's here's a position to look at. And I said, nah, that's okay. <laughs> and I moved on. And then late that night when I couldn't sleep, evidently it was like, okay, let's, uh, let's look at it. So I looked at it and previous roles, I really am into working with uh, high schoolers and career service and career readiness. So I think career services was a good fit and liked the job description and submitted an application and got an interview, got a second interview and got the job offer. So in a quick <laughs> nutshell, that's kind of how it happened. So how, when you got that first, what were your thoughts when you got that first Zoom interview? What was your first impression? Well, first of all, it was, uh, oh, another Zoom interview. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I think we're all at that fatigue moment, right? And then going through it and in the first interview, it really hit like, this is where I want to be with Hannah, Travis, and Kat. Just, I felt that all of our personalities meshed really well and we had a connection. Um, so we got off the Zoom and I actually went out to the office and talked to the office ladies and said, ah, it's, it's where I want to be. And then I waited. <laughs> <laughs> you had a great picture of a bison on your wall, if I remember correctly. I sure did. It says, where's the adventure begin? Because there's <laughs> it's always an adventure with Casey. What kind of things did you do to prepare for both the Zoom interview and the in-person interview? 
so made sure my connection was good because it was not at my house that day. <laughs> Internet decided, you have an interview. We're not going to work. So I went to the office. But prior to that, reviewed some interview questions, just Googled the what are typical interview questions. My aunt is a hiring agent for a loan office in Omaha. So I gave her a call and said, hey, you want to give me a few discussions? And then ultimately, like took some mindful breaths and the night before just forgot about it and then got up the next morning and got ready for the interview and got on and made it happen. That's really good advice that, you know, kind of forgot about it the night before and didn't, didn't stress over it. That's the thing I remember about your Zoom interview. Zoom interviews are almost universally awkward for the first time. You know, if you don't know somebody, it's, it's always hard, but you were, I remember you being very conversational and very relaxed and that really changes our reaction to everything too. So the fact that you were more comfortable and, you know, you obviously are comfortable talking and comfortable with, you know, what you, you know, what you know and what you've done in the past that, that helped because it wasn't, it wasn't an awkward conversation. It was a pleasant conversation. And at the end of it, we remembered that and it's like, okay, yeah, that's, let's bring him back in in person and let's, you know, talk some more. So I think not freaking out is when I do mocks with students and we've had a rash of mock interviews lately, it seems it's like, don't freak out. Number one. And then number two, just talk to the person. Like that's what they want. The best interviews are conversations and you throw your questions out the window and you just talk. And the way I remember it, we did that. Like, you know, it's it's been a little bit since we did it, but I remember it being very comfortable and we liked what we saw just as much as you liked what you saw. So <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Before we, we kind of move on, we brought Casey to Northwest and we had an in-person interview and we walked over to the career closet to show Casey the career closet. And lo and behold, who did we see? But Stancy Bond. Tell us about Stancy Bond, Casey. Yeah, Stancy. Um, what good thing can't you say about Stancy? <laughs> no, she's a great lady. She was my comp one and two professor. And then later on, she got to deal with both Michaela and myself, best friends, being in her like mid-afternoon, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, American Lit class. Good thing she is a great lady because we were a handful and we had a bunch of our fraternity brothers and sorority sisters in there. And that is a big portion of why I am here is Stancy. Here's the interview, walking over to career services in the middle of the interview. Hold on, we're going to pause the interview a minute because I have to say hi to Stancy. So I had a quick conversation, told her I'm in an interview and probably should get back to it. And then we went on to career services, but she is a, yeah, she's been there through a lot of things. Um, Helped me through freshman year, grandma passing away, making sure the assignments were going to get where they needed to be. And to being a reference, someone to call and say, yo, Stancy, like, this is what I'm going through. And ultimately, someone who was a good, gave 10 reasons why to join, uh, to hire Casey to the career services staff, as well as gave me 10 reasons why to join the career staff. So we would like to give, and we have interviewed Stancy way back in season one. She was a great interview. So I think really a great opportunity for us to see and for people to witness, like it matters. That was pure networking, right? You had met Stancy, had built a relationship with Stancy years before with no idea that this was going to just randomly happen one day when you were on campus for an interview. And more than anything, I just want to hammer it in like 
that's what networking is folks, right? Like making friends, building relationships without thought for what they can do for you. But you just never know in the future. One day you might be walking to the career closet and find your Stancy Bond and she will intervene on your behalf. She did send us a list of 10 reasons why we should hire Casey, which is it's real hard to compete with that when you're interviewing lots of candidates and you have just unsolicited, highly well-written pieces being sent to your inbox on behalf of one of those candidates. Definitely. I had a piece of advice I was given years ago was if you are ever given a business card, you never throw it away because you never know when you're going to need it. I never threw Stancy away because I never <laughs> knew, didn't know I was going to need her on the way to career closets. So. <laughs> well, and what a reference check, like a live action in real life, in progress reference check right there. You know, your Stancy Bond's giving you a hug on the way to the career closet. That's powerful. Like that means something for sure. So career services specialist is not your first position, uh, nor your second position. Could you tell us, kind of walk us through your career history post-college? Yeah, so graduated college uh, May of 2015, had some health issues going on, so rolled out a year, well, about six months um, at Fairway, worked there through high school and college, uh, and then just wasn't finding a position that would suit what I was needing. So I went full-time for four months at Fairway and then got my dream position as a county youth coordinator for Iowa State University Extension Outreach in Fremont County. So good old Sydney, Iowa in the southwest corner. Worked there for a year, got to a point where I was really moving it forward and had a chance and was really being recruited to take over the Madison County CYC position. It was a larger county almost tripled my numbers. So interviewed. Ultimately, it kind of seems like when I moved up in extension, it was, I interviewed because I was just putting in an application to get somebody off my back. So I could actually say I did, but fell in love with Madison County and the environment there and the executive director and worked three years there. So that was uh, 2017 to 2020. And then I accepted a youth program specialist for Iowa 4-H, covering four counties. So Adams, Union, Ringgold, and Taylor County, overseeing the program of 4-H and helping their county youth coordinators grow and see and reach the next step. And then um, realized that while that was my high school dream and what I said I was going to be when growing up, it was not what I wanted it to be. And I think I made it a lot more than what it was. It's a great position, just doesn't fit with Casey. And now I'm here as the career service specialist. So that you can look at all the careers. That's what we've kind of said before. Like we love working in career services because we might potentially, I don't know, we're just always constantly looking. What what looks interesting out there? You just never know what you're going to find. What was it like? So you said career services specialist is quite a different pace and quite a different type of role than what you had before. Can you talk to some of those differences? Yeah. So the differences is I'm in one office and have one desk. (laughs) My previous role, I was in four offices, four counties, had one desk that I was out behind 80% of my week, um, only behind at 20%. And then going to other offices, it may have been the church basement as we were doing a class or some sort of that or attending a 4-H meeting. So the pace was very fast paced, always, I mean, 
four counties are not cookie cutters. They have four different programs. So remembering four different rule books, remembering 400 different volunteers, 2,000 different 4-Hers, just trying to figure that out. So now the difference is I'm at one desk in career services. I have a few names as colleagues to remember. The students come in, data entering 919s. But really, it's a great fit because it gives me more opportunity to work with my spreadsheets that I like and be organized and to-do lists and move things around, but also still being able to mentor for career readiness and things like that. So in my previous role, that was different because it wasn't all about career readiness. We had a lot of STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics in there. So that was a big push through the governor and through Iowa 4-H is to get the STEM readiness um, with that. So we were focused on there. So there was a lot of programming K through fourth grade um, of robotics. And so it's a lot, I mean, it's almost completely two different roles. Um, Now that I'm an office professional in the office doing daily office tasks of budget working, managing the office of the flow and the traffic. And the other ones, it's really just managing the program. And that one day it might be two youth at a hour long program, or it might be 300 youth at a two day program. 4-H is one of those things I think a lot of us Midwesterners know, but there are parts of the country that don't have 4-H. Go, can you kind of explain what the 4-H program is and you know, kind of what, what it is for students? So 4-H is the world's largest youth-led organization. It is open fourth grade through 12th grade um, is the 4-H ages. And then typically K through third grade is the beginning 4-Hers or discovery 4-Hers. In Iowa, we call them clover kits um, or buds. <laughs> it's a controversial subject, but really it is making the best better is their motto, reaching out positive youth development. How can we take them from their best that they are at right now and make them better for the future? So really there's a lot of projects that are available to it. I don't know, county fairs or fairs where all the livestocks are, like the cows and things. A lot of that's 4-H exhibits, but there's a lot more behind it for priority areas of civic engagement and leadership, communications in the arts, STEM, and healthy living. So discovering your way and 4-H is really going to take your that responsibility of what's your passion and can we ignite that spark and move forward with that passion? Um, A lot of where it's there's statistics of the students who are with 4-H and have been through 4-H, they have a more sought out path because they've seen, they've had a lot more opportunities given to them through their impressionable stages of fourth through 12th grade than some of those who have not been a member. And then that's where the livelihood of universities come into play. And you can really find yourself. That doesn't say that a 4-H'er, a lifetime 4-H'er decides to change their goal or career path because I was a lifelong 4-H'er and thought for sure going to be a professional in 4-H for the rest of my life. But here I am excited to be here. I confess I too was a 4-H kid. I mean, man, I'm trying to think of the things that we did 
we did like leatherworking. We would get together and do like the, I still have like bookmarks with my name on them from the little leather dye kit. We made candles, we made soap, we showed animals, livestock, took things to the fair. One day at the fair, I ate only cotton candy. I was in like eighth grade and I had like eight bags of pure sugar. And we went to camps. There were camp options for us. Learned to square dance at 4-H camp. So, you know, I do owe a wide variety of my experiences to the great 4-H institution. I played basketball for 4-H one summer and then got thrown out. So that, that's all I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault, not theirs. So, <laughs> What are some of your fu- future plans, Casey? Planning to re-enroll in master classes um, and obtain a master's in uh, science of education with instruction and curriculum coaching with that. I'll be the first of my immediate family to have a master's. So that's kind of a goal moving forward. And in my previous roles to move up the chain and uh, those pay raises were needed to have a master's. It's kind of the same similar situation with here at Northwest. So really Again, I just have a passion for education. So that master's, I think it's going to fit really well with me. Um, I was previously enrolled in University of Phoenix online um, and enjoyed the few classes I was taking there. I usually am a planner and have my goals figured out, but I accepted this position as the career service specialist. And that's where I'm at with my professional goals right now. Um, (laughs) Stay in this position and get a master's and maybe figure it out from there. So I think the true story from that is I was one person who always had to have it planned out and this is what's going to happen. And if step B happens before step A, we reverse it and make sure step A happens before step B. And really that's a lot of stress and it doesn't need to be that way. Take, Take the stress off you and live life and get up in the morning put your pants on like everybody else does one leg at a time and come to work and it'll eventually figure it out, I guess. (laughs) So as you've met with students and kind of seen resumes and and talked to them about interviewing, what are kind of some of the key points that have been brought up that maybe you could have some advice for students or job seekers that you've seen just in the last couple of weeks that you've been in here? Resumes are important. Cover letters are important to land the job. But ultimately, it is tr- you have to be true to yourself. So I think sometimes the students are trying to fabricate a little bit more on paper than what maybe they are. So the key points is just reminding them that we're showcasing them on the paper. We're not fabricating them on the paper. But sometimes it's hard to say that <laughs> to the students. Because it's all, it's all personal history. They're very excited about it and their passion. And I'll be the first one to say when you, when you battle my passion, I'll, I'll push back too with that. But ultimately, it's taking the advice. It's not just a one and done resume. It is a multiple step process. So keep coming and bugging us here at Career Services with that resume, with that cover letter. Accept the insight from different people because There are several different people in every industry across the nation looking at your resumes. You will land a position. It just may not be the one that you wanted 
that you thought you wanted, but everything happens for a reason. And that's why you're here. That's why you're putting it down on a paper with that. Otherwise, the key takeaways are bullet points are not fun to write, but they're important for those descriptions underneath ex each experiences. But ultimately, it is your, the students, the resume is your resume. And if you want to make it your own, you can make it your own. We'll just see if the employers like it or not. That's, <laughs> that's where it's at. Your education journey, you know, you started here, you mentioned having Stancy for a professor. Kind of tell us a little bit about that because you, you didn't finish at Northwest, but you started. So kind of tell us how that, what that process was like. So I actually started college as an ag ed major. And then there was an incident in ag mechanics where someone started bleeding. And that's instantly when I decided I'm not going to be in charge of these high schoolers losing fingers because I was the high schooler that caught on fire during the welding unit and then looked down at my leg and was like, oh, there's a ball of fire. Cool. So I went from ag ed to elementary education here at Northwest. I was loving it moving forward. And then I was bound determined to go back and teach five hours from home, but in Iowa. And when you transfer, when you take school and education, when you get your education, Missouri and transfer into Iowa, you kind of have to have like a reading endorsement and some other stuff. Well, while my first semester junior year, the Iowa government went into an education reform and they were going to start adding in 36 extra credit hours of gen eds, but they weren't going to tell the colleges outside of Iowa first at all until they got the, the universities done and the community colleges done. And I was at the point of ready to start taking my practicum classes and observations and all that things. And once you start those, you just don't go back. So that led to taking a semester off of school, moving back home and figuring out what university in Iowa I was going to transfer to to finish out my education. Uh, but while working at Fairway as a part-time, but like 50 hours a week, <laughs> I realized that while I was only making like $11 an hour, that seemed to be like a lot of money because I wasn't making that much money at college because we're here for education. Thank goodness I had my parents to kind of put a quick kick in my rear and say, well, you're living here because you're taking a semester off to figure out what school to transfer to. But if you're going to just work full time, you can pay for your own bills. So I went to school. That's where I transferred to Iowa State but then kind of did not want to go to school at that point. Cause again, I saw all that money I was making cause I was not paying bills, but you know, <laughs> all the money I had. And I decided that I just wanted to get done with school. So I went to Iowa state, met with a academic advisor and said, what's going to get me out the quickest. Again, I walked in with three different plans, knowing that this is how much I had and I was going to have to go two years. And lo and behold, they gave me a liberal studies degree with if I took classes online over the summer and face-to-face -face for two semesters, I'd be done with my college degree and I grabbed onto it. That is not what I would advise students to do. <laughs> Understand what your major is and what it can get for you and have some sort of career path. I knew what I needed, what I wanted to do after graduation. My major doesn't necessarily reflect that for my undergrad, but I got what I needed. It 
wasn't an easy ride, but we all make choices and have to suffer the consequences, but everything happens for a reason. So that was kind of my education history. And then I just was, I have a problem when people tell you to get a master's because you have to have one. But then when they tell you just, it's just important you have a master's. (laughs) Well, I already have an undergrad degree that (laughs) I have an undergrad degree, but it didn't do what it needed to do. So I took some time, five years to be exact time to figure out what master's I wanted. And now I'm moving forward. Respect. It took me seven years. So, you know, people think you know what you want, but that's not true. Sometimes it takes a little, little time to figure that out. Definitely. And time is okay. Casey, any other words of advice for us? Live your best life. Everything happens for a reason and good comes from bad. So it doesn't matter what it's going to be. You're going to always find the bright side of the things and you will always come out at top on the top, but you need to make sure that you do that because it's only you that can move forward for your decisions. Thank you so much, Casey, for being willing to be on our podcast after working in our office for 21 days. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. All right. And if you'd like to meet Casey in person, come by the office admin 130 if you're on the Northwest campus. Uh, And that will do it for this episode of Behind the Bearcat. We'll talk to you next time. Mm